welcome to my podcast, Cyberglass Ceiling. I'm going to have a light-hearted fireside chat with some people who are leaders in the industry of cybersecurity. Prominent for the fact that they are a women, people of colour, LGBTQ, or just different. The term glass ceiling refers to sometimes invisible barriers to success that many come up against in their careers. A management consultant called Marilyn Loden coined the phrase almost 40 years ago regarding women rising to senior positions and says it's still as relevant as ever today. So I've taken it a little step further, not just women, but people of colour and bias that may exist in the workplace and how they overcame this to become leaders in the industry. I promise not too much swearing, no politics or religion, just a cuppa and whatever takes your fancy. And welcome to my next episode of Cyberglass Ceiling. And with me, I have Lorraine Todd, who is the Technical Service Director, which includes cybersecurity for a well-known company called Lathwaite's. Welcome, Lorraine. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Thank you for joining me today. And um, before we get into the questions, you were one of my customers. Yes. Um, and um, I've had the, the pleasure of tasting your wine as well. Um, so could you tell me a little bit about what you do and, and you know, the, how long you've been at uh, Lathwaite's or, or Direct Wines, as, as the company's called? Um, yes, I've been there 18 years now, which seems quite a long time, doesn't it? Um, so you're about 20 when you started? Exactly. I get it. Five, I think. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been there quite a long while um, and worked with technology through really operations and um, the IT team, um, adding a lot of security bits as it went, basically. I understand. And... Um... Wow, eighteen years is a long time. It is a long time, and, and isn't it? I'm sure you've seen some changes. And you don't just look after Lathwaite's in the UK. Um, I believe it's the US as well and uh, Australia. So yes, Lathwaite's is um, is a global company um, selling wines in Australia um, and America, uh, and we've also got um, some franchises in Hong Kong and Taiwan. Very nice. And uh, I've even visited your offices in Reading, yep. which is, is literally it's got its own shop and bar and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, I could really work here. But <laughs> again, um, we'll, we'll touch on that. So, no, again, welcome to um, this uh, episode of uh, Cyberglass Ceiling. Um, the fact that you are not just a technical services director, but also um, you deal with the cybersecurity side of things. So we're going to get into it and uh, we're going to, go for a few questions. We're going to take a break and uh, do a few more. Cool. Simple as that. So this is about you. It's mm -hmm. about a celebration of um, uh, how for 18 years you've, you've gone through the ranks uh, to where you are now um, and what changes you've seen, how the diversity's happened and um, how what we think about women in the workplace uh, wanting to get into this kind of... Um, uh, jobs that we do uh, around cybersecurity, around IT. So it's going to be a bit of fun. And um, the first thing I want to know is um, your first ever job. So that's a, that's a really interesting question. My um, my father was self-employed, and I was always brought up with the ethic of you need to be working, um, and pretty much from. Um, 
getting paid to do people's ironing when I was very young through to uh, working in a local cafe at the age of 13 um, and into one of the big supermarkets when I was doing my A-levels. I seem to have been working forever. (laughs) My first real job, I worked for Harrods, uh, went into their finance department training to be um, an accountant. Um, And I was there for seven years and I actually really loved working for Harrods. Did you get any discounts? I did, actually, yeah, which was even nicer. I, yes, I've had some very good jobs for discounts, that's for sure. Okay. Um, um, we'll touch on that when it comes to wine, but um, <laughs> again, Harrods, um, that was in the days of Dodie. Uh, it was, it was, it was before, before them, before in them. fact, and, okay. then, and then he bought it out. The, the interesting bit about my job when I was there is um, I was working in um, finance department uh, at the time that we introduced um, EPOS or yep. electronic point of sale. So up until that point, literally, they'd used, you know, those pieces of paper that you used to swipe, swipe across up. with yep. the machine. Yep. Um, and and it was while I was there that I got asked to go on to the uh, project to roll that out, um, which was a tech project uh, and was run by the tech team. Um, and it was that that really ignited my um interest in technology and i made the shift from uh, finance into tech so uh, whilst accountancy I was there. into it mm. do you know what that's not such a strange move no um i've 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 known people that have gone from it into accountancy mm. and, and the other way around but um that makes that makes me understand you a bit more mm. about how your brain works because if you can do numbers um yep. actually tech makes sense if that makes I think I think to to be honest, I've worked in finance operations and tech, um, and I think that those together really give you a good grounding in practically everything. The operational side makes you think fast and uh, be aware of the impact of um, of what's going on. Uh, so I think I think the combination actually works really well to where I've ended up. Oh, good. So again, so that's how you attracted into. Uh, the world of IT. Um, when it comes to IT, cybersecurity, did you have to reinvent yourself? Did you have to get recertified? Um, did you have to get dif- different degree or, or, or so, qualifications? Uh, many times I've moved into different areas and done different qualifications depending on what I'm working in. Um, I So much as I do um, think that's really helpful, it certainly helps to organise your mind around what you're working on and um, identify processes and practices uh, whilst you're doing that. I actually think there's a lot to be said for uh, doing the job um, and, and getting involved in it. I think um, um, a lot of the... Um, more formal qualifications that I've got, you take the bits out of it that really work for you mm-hmm. as a business. And each business actually runs slightly differently. Uh, you'll know that more corporate business, very much uh, more um, um, highly secure and the requirements uh, for your governance to be you know, really strong. Um, right through to the retail side of business where people just want to be able to do things really quickly and you have to work out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really, yes, so, I mean, I've I've done prints, I've done CISM, I've done all sorts, and, and I think you just take the bits out of those that really work 
for the company that you're working for and the the ethos that and and the way the culture that they use the way that they work no totally understand and um it brings me to the, the sort of question now you've been at Lathwaite's for 18 years so you haven't had many interviews <laughs> in your life because you're only a puppet I'm kidding um but you know remember the first interview where you could sense that someone was judging you because you, you know they didn't sort of um understand your capabilities so to speak because of your gender um did that did that ever happen it's happened. You... i mean it's happened not, not so much in interviews that i've had um uh, but it's certainly happened in uh in in my working life uh especially if i go back to the earlier days um where being a female wanting to work in tech was seen to be um you know very rare and very strange um, I remember when I got, I, I, I worked for a, a company called Book Club. Um, it's owned by Bertelsmann, one of the biggest media companies. And um, and I remember when I first moved into their tech team from operations. So I'd been working on customer service tech um, and moved into the um, into their IIS team, information systems team, as it was then. Um, and our it was mostly male. There were were a few females, and I think we were one of the few companies that actually had a female CIO who was, you know, uh, really great. But I remember when I started in that job, um, one guy came over to me and said, "You do know you've taken a job from one of the, you know, qualified men in this business." Wow. Um, yes, I know, and I I was really shocked actually. I was kind of taken aback a bit. Um, and I, and I said, look, don't worry. If nothing else, I'll be able to uh, help you with your stationery, because I just thought, you know, if that's how you're going to feel, it's going to be quite difficult for me to turn that around until you actually get to know me. Uh-huh. Um, and 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 that's happened throughout uh, my working life. I um, uh, I remember go, um, having gone through an interview process for uh, some people to work for me, um, and I was working for a. Um, operations director uh, who was a man um, and he literally did have a conversation with me about who I could hire depending on the shape of their body which um, <laughs> which did not go down terribly well um, so yes I think in my working life certainly I've 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 seen a lot of um, well, um, if you remember, we we were at an event. It was a, a retail event. Yes, I know. And we, 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 I remember inviting you to this event, and um, you were on the table, the big table with, um, let's say, the the big retailers like the the Tesco's and the yep. Asda's. Yeah. I went, Lorraine, you're the only woman. I know. <laughs> I sat the there thinking the same as well. I actually counted round the table. There were 48 people mm. in that room. Um, I think there was one other lady who was there helping yeah. uh, to coordinate it. And mm. I was the only female uh, security person yeah. in the room. And that sparked, literally, seeing yes. that yeah. sparked what I do now yeah. in regards to this podcast. Because it's like, that's got to change. Yes, absolutely. And I remember... <laughs> Not only that, I was like, hang on, I was the only black guy in the room yes. <laughs> as well. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. how is this possible? Because, I, and again, it, it, this isn't about a bitch fest. It's a, it's about the celebration of, of, you know, breaking through that glass ceiling. Yes, absolutely. And 
for me, it was like, yeah, that's got to change. Lorraine is, you know, the top of her game, working for this global um, company um, selling wine, and you've got the Asdas, the Tesco's, and whoever, all guys, yeah, middle-aged, yeah, white guys, ponytails, yep. bad t-shirts, and I'm, yes. split. I'm like, nah, this has got to change. We've got yes. to. You know what can I do to to highlight? Mm. And you know, over the, the the months I've been doing this, um, I've met some really interesting people yep. that have done that and have yep. broken through the glass ceiling. So, um, believe it or not, you're the inspiration why I do this. Excellent. So, well, that's good to know. No, it's true. It's, it's absolutely that that time, that moment in time when that's going to change. How yeah. can we do something about it? I that? do. I do think as well, don't you? That. Um, this really goes right back to children at school being made to feel like they can do whatever they want to do. And it, it, it's um, even just trying to recruit females at the moment. It's really hard. Yeah. You know, if you say to somebody, you know, about cybersecurity, I've got two daughters and they both go, God, that's really interesting. But it wouldn't be something we would go for. And you're like, well, why? Why is that? Why do we think that... Um, women feel that they can't go for something because I think they've got so much to bring, so much to offer. Cybersecurity is about a huge range yes, of, of things. It has and, to um, be diverse. Yes, The workplace absolutely. has to be diverse to have those different ideas. Yes. Because if you have the same, and, and again, it's not a, a, a bitch vest, but middle-aged, grey-haired men, yes. they think the same. Yes. There's no change in yes. that. Uh, but if you put a diverse bunch of people in the room whether they be black whether they be brown whether they be female whether they be gay yes you get a different sense of thinking and a different sense of oh actually that would work yes. and you know this is again why i do that and, and you're the reason so there great anyway <laughs> we go on so that one time when that co-worker less qualified it mm. may not happen but you mm -hmm. know, i asked the questions they got a promotion mm. um has that ever happened to you where you've just sort of back, you sort of touched on it there? Yeah. Where you took a job from a man. Yeah. Golly exactly. jeepers. Yeah. Now, probably now that's probably not going to happen, but, you know, again, back in in the day, has anything like that cropped up? Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And in fact, I think people almost discount you because you're a woman. Uh, so from a younger age, like, well, you're going to want to go and have a family. And uh, and certainly that's happened where there's been, like, myself and a male colleague and it's been, you might not be here for that much longer and mm. this person, man, would, would be. Um, right through to as you get a little bit older um, and people thinking, well, actually, are you going to stay working for that much longer, whereas the man probably would, you know, and those days are gone. No, Those absolutely. days have absolutely gone. And you can still see it even today. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky where I work because I do think we are pretty diverse. Um, there's three MDs, two of which are, are female. Um, and um, so my, my, uh, my, my boss is... is, is um, comes from India uh, mm -hmm. and, he's, and he's great. And, and it helps us as a team. But you do see it all the time in conversations that are being had when even people are just talking about new jobs that are going on the board. It's There's almost a somebody should go for it and somebody shouldn't go for it kind of a, a rule. It's changing, though, and it is getting better. I I just think that we need to make sure that 
people coming through know that they can do and go for everything. And that leads me on to my next question, really. So you are you're a leader in, mm -hmm. in, in uh, the workplace mm. now and you've seen that shift in culture. Mm. Um, and promoting people like yourself into mm -hmm. those the sort of leadership roles. Um, now at the top table, how do you influence and setting those diversity goals? And how do you influence to make sure that it stays diverse? It's 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 quite tough. Um, you know, I I have a large team in um, in India in Chennai, and um, when we advertise, I will get 20, 30 CVs from young men who want to get into tech and want to get into security and practically none from females. Mm. Um, how do I influence it? By, for a start, just by being there, people can see that a woman can do that. When I worked in America, um, I went over there for a couple of years and funnily enough, there is actually some... Uh, men there that don't feel that they should work for women and I think just having women in that place actually does show that it can work and it can work well um, and I think you have to constantly be showing you have to be almost better than everybody mm -hmm. else to actually show that this can work and to encourage women to come into it. No indeed um, so when you say that it's like do you think you have to work twice as hard or or just to make sure that you are recognised to have to do things twice as much uh, to, to say, yeah, I'm here and I can do this job. I think you have to think twice as hard. Okay. I think you have to think about what you're doing to make sure that you're of the very highest standard so that nobody can say, well, that's not working because you're female or that's not working because you're coloured or that's not working, you know, whichever way it might go. I think sometimes being the only female in, in a very male environment, you almost feel like you do need to actually be a bit better. Yeah, I, again, I understand <laughs> completely. Um, bugbear, there you yes. go. So um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've got a, a story about when you've rocked up outside of the workplace and um, you're dealing with people um, and they've gone, looked at somebody else completely and thinking, well, that must be the boss person, not yeah. this um, lady here. Has that come, again, is is that something you've recognised and, and um, had to deal with? It drives me nuts. I, I almost now, I treat it with humour. Mm. I used to get very annoyed about it when I was younger. If if a group of us walked into a room, the, whoever was there would talk to the man first, usually the oldest man. <laughs> and, and, and literally, you would be the person carrying the drinks to the table or making a cup of tea. Mm. I, why does that happen? How does that happen? It's almost like, you know... Men are capable of doing it, I know, because you've just made one as well, Charles. So <laughs> I do think that that's, um, you know, it's, it's a misconception, but it does happen all the time. But it's changing. It is changing. It is and changing. It's, definitely, and it's definitely getting better. And I think we're, 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 we are the same sort of age and mm. we grew up in the same sort of time. And, um, you know, I, I've done this, I've done a few episodes now and, and I speak to 
various different people, but when I speak to women, I I go back to how we grew up, yeah, and how things were perceived, whether it be on TV, mm-hmm. um, in the media, mm-hmm. um, you know, for example, page three. Yeah. And you think, well, you know, anyone's stupid enough to read the sun anyway, but, you know, page three and you think, yeah, yeah that was OK. That yep. was fine. Um, you go back to the 70s when we grew up and it was uh, things like on the buses or Mind Your Language, those sort yep. of TV programs where, you know, it was OK to call someone Sambo. Yeah. And you're thinking, but it's changing. It's definitely changing. And um, now my children mm. of an age, uh, you know, late teens early 20s mm. they're like dad you can't say that yeah and i read somewhere the other day that there's this big hoo-ha about um uh, who pans is a chinese mm. um and i'm like well that's what everyone says who wants to chinese but yeah. now you've got to say chinese food yes uh and it's changing for the better, yeah. but we're of an age where... It's quite hard for us, yeah. isn't it? It's <laughs> quite hard for us to change um, some of those things yeah. that we grew up with. But um, again, it, it's, it, it, I, I like the way it's changing. It's, yeah. And it, it needed to happen many years ago. But Absolutely. the fact um, that it's happening and, and people like yourself, even me, I mean, I'm head of, it's, you want that diversity and th- th- that culture in the workplace. Mm. So thank you. We're going to take a break. Okay. And uh, we'll be back after these words. Sea Vision International is a global event and advisory firm dedicated to convening leading visionaries in an exclusive environment for peer to peer collaboration. Our programs highlight critical business challenges and deliver the best available applied sciences aimed to change the world. Your vision is our mission. Let us help you build your company's future today, not tomorrow. And welcome back. And uh, we're here with the Rain Todd uh, from Lathwaite's. And just for those that didn't catch it the first time around, uh, Lorraine is the technical service director uh, for Lathwaite Wines, which includes cybersecurity. And uh, we've been having a very good chat. Um, so again, getting back straight into it. Um, we talk about cybersecurity because that's what we're both in. Mm. Um, so I'm going to quickly touch on it and some of the challenges um, that you are facing uh, as the world recovers from COVID. Mm. Now, I'm going to put my hands up and say in COVID times, couldn't go to the pub, couldn't go to restaurants, and I bought a shed load of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it from Tesco's. But, <gasps> yeah, hang on, hang on. <laughs> but I did sample some proper wine, mm. I was going to say, and it was like, do you know what? I can't go back to Tesco's anymore <laughs> because, <Jolly good. laughs> you know, yeah, it's six pound a bottle, but it tastes like yuck. Uh-huh. And then you get a proper decent wine and you're like, wow. And there's a clip in a movie um, someone sent me where a guy just drank a bit of wine. I'm not really a wine drinker. I don't really like the wine. And he took mm-hmm. this wine and went, mmm, mm-hmm. really nice. So um, some of the challenges uh, sort of, during COVID, because it ramps up real hard or big for you guys. COVID, and then, then after that, yeah, COVID brought um, well everybody lots of challenges, didn't it? Absolutely. And and um, in in my role, really uh, across the board, from a security perspective, just the fact that everybody kind of had to move home very quickly. We were we were in a very fortunate position that we were predominantly. Um, devices that could move home 
So that was good. Making sure that they were secure. Again, we'd done quite a bit of pre-work on that because we did already have some home workers. Um, and so I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable that systematically uh, we were pretty good and secure. The bit then came as um, people stayed home. Hmm. And you and you come across things like they they would get called by somebody saying I'm from uh, the company and I need you to do X Y Z. Well, if they were in the office, they would have just looked over and said What's going on? But because of course they'd been home and been home for a while, they thought Oh, okay, it's obviously somebody new. And and you know people do get caught out that easily with with things. Um, but COVID bought. COVID bought its own its own problems and its own um, and its own joys in some ways. In as much as that, you know, a lot of people um, spent more time at home, families and everything else. And then, then you had people partially coming back to the office. Mm -hmm. And my team's very hands on. So um, where I had a lot of people that were fully remote. And then some people that weren't remote at all and had to be in the office. So you had to deal with those challenges and technical challenges around that. And then, of course, um, when you have uh, days where everybody's in the office, it's, it's just really managing that mix and making sure that you're able to educate, train, make people aware um, keep the network as secure as you possibly mm -hmm. can. I mean, there's just so many different parts that you have to think about. No, indeed. And like I said, we, we don't need to go into the nope. whole whys, wheres, what's, but um, a lot of those challenges. So what practical advice would you give to family and friends when looking at the threat landscape today? Okay, so the threat, the threat landscape is huge, isn't it? Absolutely. And and I think that's one of the scariest things, especially uh, for anybody that works in cybersecurity. You know, from from the simplest walking in through a door that they shouldn't be walking through, right up until you know the 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 um, these criminals who just prey on on people. Um. I do think, obviously, managing your passwords. I, I, I've always advised people to use a password safe, and then, of course, LastPass went and got breached a little while back as well. But, um, but definitely looking after, um, looking after your passwords, not using the same passwords on on different accounts, so that if they do break into one, social media, your social footprint is so important that you keep it secure and safe is you know if you put on any uh social media site oh we're going on a great holiday today <laughs> guess what people will find modding. where you live and yeah. they will know exactly where yeah. to break in so absolutely being really careful about what what you're the doing countdown there. to holiday just uh, nuts good, yeah no why way. would you why would you advertise that the the biggest thing that i do think is that everybody should expect that they will have had their data breached. Yeah. Everybody should. And and it's how you deal with that. If it's fine that people know your name and address and you're not worried about that, okay. But when it gets to more intricate data that you're actually, uh, that ha may have been taken, that's when you need to have tools in place to mitigate the impact, making sure that you look after your bank accounts, making sure that you look after... Um, your devices and anything else that 
um, has got your data on. No, indeed. And uh, no doubt you heard about what happened this week with um, payroll. Yes, Boots, uh, Boots British Airways and BBC. Yeah. I have a family member that was part of that um, part of that breach who's and, just received the note yeah. saying, we're sorry, but we've lost all your data. Mm. And that breach happened be- through an application, an app. Yes, I believe. Yeah, um, but also a, a third party of a third yeah, party. Yeah, exactly. You know, the whole supply chain um, uh, issue is is a big one for us. Yeah. I mean, we all we all do best practice in house. We all try and make sure that our suppliers are working under best practice. Yeah. But you know, it takes one exactly one thing. one chink in the yeah. chain. Absolutely, so, and. Um, you know the language, the library of languages that the you know developers use to build the applications. Mm-hmm. If there's a backdoor, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We can now get in, and you know it could have been sitting there for years. Absolutely. Well, the log4j stuff last year, you know, absolutely put people into oh. chaos, particularly in America, where it's just it was just everywhere. Yeah. So. Um, scary stuff. <clears throat> it is, and and like I said, third parties. But what you do. For the business, uh, you know, you can tick that box and say, you know, we. You do the best you can. Yeah, you do yeah. the very best you can. You know, you've got all the AI stuff coming in now, um, and that is both fantastic. You know, in an industry where we have to do a lot of laborious work uh-huh. in order to make sure that things don't touch the network, things you know, it, that's a lot of it, and you can use AI to help with that, but goodness it comes with a lot of fear and a lot of worries about how it might get used in the future we're gonna we've got a few more questions to go and um i'm thinking okay you're at the top of your game almost even though you should have been cio i can't say i'll cut that out (laughs) sorry i'll cut should have been cio in my eyes um what would you what advice would you give your 20-year-old self uh, wanting and looking to get into IT and especially around security and cybersecurity? Um, would you have any... Let's say you have daughters, you say. Yes, I do. And um, I don't know if they want to do the same job as their mum, but, you know, what would that advice be for, for... What would you give them? So I I think as as a younger person you probably think there's it's it's very hard uh and you have to be really really clever in fact i don't think don't get me wrong there are a lot of clever people i think what it needs is is just somebody who's able to think think a little bit um outside of the box a little bit clearly able to communicate you know, a half of our job, half of it is very technical, and the other mm-hmm. half is all around communication. It's all around um, training. It's around knowing um, how to explain something. And and it's about listening to people in the business, in tech, and in other areas. And I think sometimes uh, when, when we talk about uh, moving into tech, and certainly... Uh, when I was young, I thought it was kind of this big black box that you know only really, really clever people knew about, um, and and it's and it, I'm sure some of it is, but I mean in in the main, most of the roles in tech are around just people who can communicate well and can think things through, yeah. and I think you know, I am I am very high, uh, but I think that really a lot of people could 
could work in tech and have a really valuable um, life working in tech. Great answer. And and I, I, I mean this genuinely because when we first met, um, I... I warm to you because mm. you, I, I know you're this leader and and uh, you you're the, the the global boss of the IT and I I should have been a little bit petrified because I'm not that smart mm. you are I'm not I'm a mouthpiece I <laughs> I, I try and sell you stuff um, but I warmed to you because of that communication part mm. it wasn't you you came across as someone that get, didn't turn around and say well I'm smarter than you so you know why are you wasted my time. And I've I've always said this in sales. It's it's not about what you say; it's about what you know. Yeah. And how you can um, influence technology today and and educate. Yeah. Rather than sell. Yes. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. And uh, and I warm to you in a nice way. Good. Um, and we still communicate. We still yeah. text and we say hello and, yeah. um, which is great. And you know, I asked you to do this, and here we are today. So, no, absolutely, hundred percent, right. So here's 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 my fun part now because mm-hmm. um, what do you do for fun? Wow, fun! Can, um, I, can I tell the list is already? No, go on. Are they? <laughs> well, we shall say it because it's obviously you know a big part of me. I I love sport. Mm-hmm. I got brought up with, in a sporting family where if you didn't actually watch sport, you probably wouldn't have been allowed in the house. <laughs> my father, God bless him took me every week and even midweek to reserve games to go and watch Swindon Town Football Club. Indeed. Yes, Swindon yeah. Town have got a football club, Charles. Yep. And they're yep. actually <laughs> they're actually <laughs> haven't had such a great season. Um so I I love all sports. Um uh, and um I do a little bit of running. I run uh, two, three times a week, um mostly to get a bit of headspace. Um and and then after that, so that when I'm drinking my glass of wine, I feel like it's free calories. <laughs> um, so I do a bit of running and I love spending time with the family. And most of what we do result, revolves around food. So we love food. Favourite food? Oh, goodness. That's really tough. Um, a lot of Spanish, actually. Love tapas. Uh, love a good tapas. Um Italian, you can't go far wrong. Mm. Indian is fantastic. Um, yeah, I just love food. Good. Um, yeah, I'm a foodie, but um, mm. I, I'm a yeah. I like a roast. Good. Oh, Sunday you can't roast. beat a good Sunday a roast. Good Sunday no, roast. you can't beat a good Sunday I don't roast. Don't care if it's the middle of summer; it's eighty degrees. We do one most Sundays, <laughs> and the family all come over, yeah. and it's my favourite time. It's exactly. just fabulous. It is, and yeah. um, that's good. And I'm going to touch on Disney. Mm. Because oh, yes. for some reason we had a yes. conversation, um, and you were going off to Disney. Yes, we, it um, got got postponed because of COVID. So we were due to be going twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Big family, we were all going. Haven't been for many years, and we were all going. And it got postponed, and then it got postponed again, and then it got postponed again. Eventually, we went last August, and it was awesome. We had the most amazing time. But I got bored up on Disney, you know, mm-hmm. th- throughout my life going to the pictures with my mum to see all the old Disney films and then we had videos do you remember the old VHS and uh <laughs> I <do>. yes <laughs> and then um <laughs> what you're talking exactly. about exactly and then DVDs no I love Disney mm. it's great so here's a question for you mm-hmm. um I'm just trying to remember the, name of the program Johnny Craven 
used to do a program on BBC, on children's program, where it's mostly based around Disney, and you right. had to answer questions right. about what happened next or who the characters were. Okay. Do you remember that? No. Mm. No, no, but go on. Okay. I Maybe. remember Johnny Craven. Yeah, he used to do mm. the news, but he also did this, mm. I think it was screen yeah. test or something like that. Oh, right, might have um, been, yeah. But I just, because I'm probably a bit older than you, mm. that's why I remember it. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, because you're only a puppy. <laughs> right. Um, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Um, where do I see myself? So, I think I'm fortunate in as much as I love my job, I love what I do, I love... Uh, where I, where the people that I work with are just fabulous, and I really do think that a lot of what I do now is is around um, mentoring and helping other people. You know, actually, I've got two great new guys that are, are working with me on cybersecurity and their enthusiasm and um, excitement over some of the stuff that we do is wonderful to watch and it's great to see them coming on and getting involved and and i think i get more out of that than anything else i will still be there i will still be working 24 7 and i will be hopefully still be keeping things as as secure as we can 18 years do you get another Mm. watch at 20 years i think you get a very very large bottle of champagne (laughs) 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 okay um final question yeah Lorraine Todd. Yes. Technical Service Director, which includes cybersecurity for Lathwaite Wines. What's your USP? I would say my resilience. I say I I am dependable 100%, 24-7. If I get knocked down, I get back up again. Mm-hmm. That's That's me. Good. Thank you You're welcome. for coming in, Rain. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This episode was brought to you by Salt Cybersecurity, part of Salt Group, who specialise in providing trust across digital channels by helping major financial institutions verify the identity of their users and authenticating high-value transactions in the UK and globally.